This weekend retreat on St. John of the Cross was given by Father Carl Millis, October 23rd to 25th, 2020, at Our Lady of Good Counsel Retreat House, Waverly, Nebraska. These and other recordings are available at our website, goodcounselretreat.com. So today we celebrate a saint who really had to keep his options open in the sense of trying to understand what it was that God wanted for him in his life. When he was first contemplating of how to spend his life, he looked at becoming a lawyer, which was at that time, that was considered a, a, a very good calling, one that could actually uh, elevate you into other things. And one of the things that it often did was it elevated you to political office. And as judges and as politicians, in fact, here's a fun fact for you. Two thirds of our Congress is made up of lawyers. So explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, you get that many lawyers together and it's gonna be hard for them to agree on anything. But we ourselves see that St. John Capistrano, he, he dedicated himself. He was well known and he was one of those persons of integrity that really practiced the law, what the law is supposed to do, which is to, to seek out the truth of a situation and to make sure that justice is served. And he followed that for some time. And then at one point, he's thinking that maybe he might be called to something else, but he's not sure what this is. And so what happens is that in the meantime, his, his wife passes away and he really isn't sure after that exactly what God might be calling him to. And at the same time, he's also elevated to the office of governor of one of the city states. And so he is for some time then in that leadership position, but still not quite knowing, am I where God wants me to be? And at a certain point, two of the city-states, you know, they broke out in wars against one another. This was a common thing at that time. What we know as Italy today was this whole hodgepodge of different city-states. And they would often go to war against one another to basically gain some territory or maybe get a better trade route or somehow to, to acquire some of the goods of the, of the other city-state, whatever it was, it was to St. John of Capistrano an absurd practice because all these city-states were made up of Catholics and Catholics were going to war against one another, something that he thought was completely absurd. 
Why are Catholics warring against one another and over such petty things as just a little bit more land or a little bit more wealth or a little bit more power? And so the city-state that he was governor of was in a war against another city-state, and he tried valiantly to get peace established. But they would have nothing of that. They did not want to listen to him. In fact, the other city-state kidnapped him and put him in prison. And the thing that happened back then was if you were thrown in prison, you could be ransomed out. And so you had to hope that there were people out there who were going to ransom you. And this goes back to the understanding of that was the practice back in the time of Jesus. Remember when Jesus says, you, you know, you'll be thrown into prison and you'll, you'll be there until you pay back the debt. And I remember thinking as a kid, well, how can you pay back your debt if you're in prison? You're not able to work or anything. You can't raise any money in any way. How do you ever pay off your debt? Well, other people paid it off for you. And what Jesus was saying was, if you treated people well, if you were good to them, then they would come and ransom you out of that prison. But if you were somebody who went around and just used people and you just treated them like they were objects and you pretty much didn't have the time of day for anybody you considered less than you, then if you got thrown in prison, you had no one coming to rescue you. And so Jesus is, of course, reminding us that he himself ransomed all of us. He ransomed us from the prison of sin. And he paid the ultimate price, that price on the cross. So St. John of Capistrano, he did have many who were his friends and his family, of course, uh, all tried to then ransom him back. And so, you know, he spent some time in that prison, but they were eventually able to, to get him released. And after he was released from prison, that, that, that time in that prison, that time of darkness, was really something that transformed him. And when he emerged from that prison, he was set on becoming a Franciscan. And so we see how the Lord, he used that period of separation, that period of darkness to help St. John of Capistrano to see more clearly what he was called to do. One of the things we're going to learn in this retreat this weekend is how God is going to use the darkness that we are willingly going to allow with our senses and our spirit. And through that darkness, God is going to give us a clarity we have never had before. God can, if we're willing, 
to allow him to, to blind us to those things that obscure us from him, that keep us from seeing him for who he really is, then it is amazing what the reward of that is. But to enter on that dark night is not an easy thing. And St. John of Capistrano, that time in prison, that time of just being there alone and wondering, God, what is going to happen to me? Being completely separated from everyone that he knew and loved. And if you knew prisons back then, you think we need prison reform now. Uh, prisons back then were, were horrendous. And we can only imagine what that was like. You're going to get to hear about St. John of the Cross and how he spent time in prison as well. Some of you know that story, and some of you may be hearing it for the first time. It's really an amazing thing of how God used that as a transforming moment. So St. John of Capistrano, he now emerges from that prison and he is, he is freed. He is freed in so many ways, not just physically. He, he comes to understand and know God's will for him now. And he begins to really go around and he preaches to all kinds of people going up through Austria and into Hungary and into Poland. He was amazing. Preaching all these different places and just untiring and one of the things that we see from this is just the great fruit that was born from this. And this was a time in Europe where they were in crisis. You know, our, our country, our world right now is in a, in a kind of crisis with the whole COVID and just all the unrest in different places and just a lot of things happening right now where it almost seems, almost seems like the wheels could come off. And yet, we trust in the Lord, and he will see us through whatever is ahead. And that was St. John of Capistrano. So he is living in this time when there's the Black Plague. And the Black Plague, it was ruthless. It killed at least a third of Europe. And it was very random. It could skip this village over here and almost completely wipe out this village over here. It wiped out entire monasteries. And that was going through Europe during this period. And St. John of Capistrano he had amazing love and compassion for the sick. In fact, we know from the recordings of his life that he would do the sign of the cross over someone and they would get instantly better. That is someone who truly knows God. That is somebody who truly is using the gifts God has given to him for that love that glory of God and that love of others. 
And we have at this time also the anti-popes. So we have three popes, three people at least saying they're pope. Uh, none of them really are. He was a mess. It took a long time to get all three to step down and to finally elect a, a legitimate pope. But that was going on. And if you don't think that didn't cause a lot of upheaval and a lot of anxiety and a lot of difficulties, uh, it was not it was not a good time. And then, if 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 it wasn't enough, if the people were saying, "Well, Lord, we've been sufficiently humbled," well, no, there was one more surprise, and that was the Muslims were knocking at the door of Europe, and they wanted in. And they wanted to take over. So at this point, the Pope decides, hmm, you know, I, that, that guy, that Franciscan named John of Capistrano, he's an excellent preacher. And so the Pope says, John, here's what I want you to do. I want you to use your ability of preaching and I want you to go and recruit an army for me because if you don't, Europe is lost. Christianity is lost. Can you imagine? Did John know that was what he was called to do? And he was always open to listening and to following that call. You know, in the gospel today, we we see these three different people who Jesus, you know, he's saying, follow me. And one saying, well, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll follow you, but I, I have other things to do first. And he says, you know, I'll follow you wherever you go. And well, he doesn't. And then Jesus says to another, you know, follow me. He says, well, I have to bury my father first. And Jesus says, you know, let the dead bury their dead. Sounds kind of harsh, unless you understand it correctly. Jesus is saying, let the spiritually dead bury the spiritually dead. Basically, he's saying, you'll find any excuse. It's first, you know, bury this person. And then it's, I have to do this over here. And then I have to do this over here. And another says, I will follow you, Lord, but uh, first let me say farewell to my family at home. That over-attachment to family where this person was putting family before God. Remember what Jesus says, you know, you have to deny father, mother, brother, sister, if you want to be my disciple. In other words, we can't put any person or thing before God. God's first. God is the one who always has first place in our lives. He is our first love. And if we don't get that right, then we don't get love correct with anyone. So these three, they give their excuses. And that's where we have to look and see, you know, do Lord, do I Lord give excuses? Do I sometimes 
say, well, I don't really want to go and follow you because I don't like where you're leading. I don't want to follow that path. One of the things we're going to learn with the dark night is it is an ominous path. And if one chooses to take that path, it is not for the lighthearted. It is a choice that has to be taken with that clear understanding that I can't put my hand to the plow and I can't be looking back. If I'm going to follow that dark night and where it eventually will lead, then I have to keep my hand to the plow and I have to be looking straight ahead. You know, if we look back, what happens? The plow goes all over the place. We're not plowing a straight line. So St. John of Capistrano, oh, he's effective. He listens to God and he follows where God leads him. You know, there's some that uh, speculate on this, and I'm one of them. What would St. Francis of Assisi say? A Franciscan raising an army. And then the Pope says, now that you've raised it, I want you to lead it. See, the Franciscans, they disavowed being part of the military. The, the, the brothers and sisters, they could not engage in military conflicts. So here you have a Franciscan who is not only forming an army, but he is leading it. And I think St. Francis would say, well, you know, sometimes there's an exception. And this is one of them. Because this is about whether Christianity survives. So the Battle of Belgrade, 1421, when you're allowed to access the internet after this retreat, you can look it up on Google and read all about it. Really amazing. The Christian forces, even though there were 70,000, it wasn't thought the odds were in their favor. It's like the Battle of Lepanto, another one where Our Lady intervened. Once again, Christianity was saved. How many times Europe was on the verge? And then she was rescued. And she was rescued because the people got together and they began to pray and they were praying the rosary and they were leading Eucharistic processions and they were really responding to what God was calling them to. He was using this moment now to remind Europe of who they were. And because they remembered, God spared them. St. John of Capistrano, who probably never thought he would be leading an army. He probably thought his father was very proud of him. His father was a German knight, died when John was very young. Must have impressed him deeply. And now here he was thinking, Father, look at me now. And God the Father, look at me now. Because I listened to your will. And I responded even when 
maybe it seemed absurd. Maybe when it seemed strange and odd, is this really the path you're calling me to? Yes, it was. And because of him, that is why many of us are in this chapel tonight celebrating our Catholic faith. And so we owe a lot to him, but he'd be the first one to say, no, I was only doing the will of God. I deserve no praise. And we ourselves look to him as a great example for each of us. How to discern and know and respond to God's will, even when it seems like God is asking the absurd. We now stand before God our Father, calling upon him to hear the prayers that we offer now in love. We pray first for Pope Francis, for our Bishop James, and for all clergy, that like St. John of Capistrano, that they may help to bring about that unity of God's church and that the unity of our divided world, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for the church that each and every one of her members may have hearts that are completely open to the Lord, seeking his will and following wherever he leads. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for our world that through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima that it will come to know and live in the peace of her son. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for our nation as we draw closer to election day that our election will be peaceful, that it will be just, and that we will make choices of candidates who truly reflect the principles of the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for the Franciscan order on this feast day of theirs. We pray that the Lord may continue to multiply their numbers in many good works, especially for the poor throughout the world. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for all of you at this retreat and those who are joining us online. Pray that these days may help you to open your hearts more fully to God, to come to a deeper understanding of what the dark night is and a willingness to embrace that, and to come to know that, that deeper love, that deeper knowledge of God, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for all the intentions and the silence of your hearts. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer.
God our Father, we stand before you as your children. You call each and every one of us to follow your Son, to trust in him completely, to take up our cross and follow after him. Help us to not hesitate or shy away, but help us to truly stay close to him and follow wherever he leads. And we ask that you answer these prayers that we offer you this day through the most beautiful and wonderful name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please. gifts we offer, Almighty God, on the feast day of Blessed John of Capistrano, and grant that we, who celebrate the mysteries of the Lord's Passion, may imitate what we now do through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ, for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, it is right to celebrate the wonders of your providence, by which you call human nature back to its original holiness and bring it to experience on this earth that gives you promise in the new world to come. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Song to song to song to Sonius consecration 
that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of it, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, or tempt to Sisters 
and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, always God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. 
Let us pray. By the power of this mystery, O Lord, confirm your servants in the true faith, that they may everywhere profess in word and deed the faith for which blessed John of Capistrano never ceased to labor and for which he spent his whole life through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Amen. May God bless you, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This Mass is ended. Go announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We will pray. Where's my book hat? to St. Michael. Thank you. 